Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode... The best excuse she gave me was the dog broke the internet. I mean, this is just incredible. We've never had that one before. I mean, my question, Alex, is how much porn can one dog surf? I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> He's got an appetite. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Ah, good, you're here. Right. Let's set the scene, let's set the tone of the show for all the newbies. If there is anybody new listening to our little podcast, Running With Jake, the podcast, we want you to know what we're all about. We're all about motivation. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. We want to give you tips, tricks. We want to educate you a little bit. We do want to educate you with running. But can I tell you something? Can I be really brutally honest with you? And if, if this is not for you and you want to leave the show now if you're new, I, I understand we won't be offended, Pete the producer and I, but... We do like to educate, but we also like to have a bit of a laugh as well. If that's okay with you, if it's not too much of a problem, we don't like to take things too seriously, do we, Pete? We like to have some fun. No, no, we don't, no. And I can understand why you like to flag that up with the audience, because I've listened to a lot of running podcasts, and there are many of them who do a lot of good information, but they don't have a laugh. So I don't know if the audience will find it offensive that we have a laugh whilst we do what we do. I don't know. I don't. I hope not. I hope not. No, they won't be offended. It's fine, it's fine. Sometimes we may go too far. On occasions, we have been known to just go a little bit too far, and we need somebody to Speaking rein us of which, in. can I tell my story now? Can I tell my story, that, we're, story? That, we're, no. that I want to tell? You know about the, the, the issue with the swimmer and the rower? Can <laughs> I do that now? No, you can't. You did mention this on a couple of episodes <laughs> ago now about the whole mistake that you made, <laughs> mixing up the swimmer, mixing up the rower. I know this story, and no, you cannot tell that story. We, we, what, stop messaging me, messaging me about this. It's no. It was in front of the mayor and his daughters. No. It was the worst moment ever. Just no, OK? If you are allowed to tell that story on the show... I'm allowed to tell the story. At the time I was in a travel lodge, I sent a photo of me in my pants to an ex-girlfriend of mine and I accidentally sent it to a dad, right? So I'm going to tell that story if you... In fact, I just did tell that story, didn't I? You just didn't tell the story. You told the story, so surely I can tell my story now. Can I not tell my story now? No, you cannot. Look, let's move on. Come on. Let's move on. If you're still with us, humble new listener, welcome to the show. If you are calling our listeners humble, by the way. If you are humble, but don't call them don't call people humble. If you're still with us, I'm sorry that uh, the presenter of the show has called you humble. I do apologize. You may not be humble. And we love you, random citizen. No, seriously, um, we're really happy that you are here, that you're joining us. Whether you are a regular listener, a new listener, kind of whether you're in between, you know, maybe you listen to one or two episodes, you're still not quite sure. I get that. I get that. Well, stick around. We have a cracking show lined up for you. I do feel a bit rushed today, though. I've got to say, I'm a little bit out of sorts. I apologise for the whole humble thing there. I didn't mean to drop that in. But do you know why? (laughs) It's because you messaged me this morning, Pete. You're like, can we record? Can we record? I need to record. I've got to go out. I've got to do stuff. We need to edit podcasts and blah. I just, I had to rush my breakfast. I didn't have my usual breakfast. So I was all up oh, for no. yeah, porridge. Runner's porridge this morning. Not running still. I am a bit. Not really. Uh, and I mm. thought, right, I'm going to have porridge this morning. And then you rushed me. So I had to have like a cold breakfast. I had to have Jamie Oliver's like magic dust porridge thing. It's basically, <laughs> it's like porridge. It's got dried fruit in it. You blend it all together. It's cold. It was okay. I feel like I've got it on my dressing gown still. I'm a bit, I'm not with it, mate. 
I'm not with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, sometimes, Jay, you just need to be rushed. You need to be rushed oh. along, my friend. You know, today's guest is really great. And I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't have a chance to be in the recording of it. Uh, you recorded it on a Friday. I was doing other stuff on a Friday. Mm. It doesn't matter. It's all the small print you don't need to worry about. But essentially, uh, he's talking, amongst other things, about strength and conditioning, which I think is probably something that runners don't do a great deal of because they're too busy running. And you know what I'm talking about because you're a runner. Also, I think as well, there was one particular bit of information that Alex dropped towards the end of the interview, which made me go, really? Really? What? Really? And then I looked into it and I'm going, he's right. Unbelievable. Yeah, Alex really knows his stuff. Funnily enough, I actually met Alex for the first time, the only time I've met him, back when I did the sleepover for my runners, which was a effectively a, a training weekend, a running weekend, which was awesome. That was back in Derbyshire a couple of years ago, pre-COVID. And he really knows his stuff. He's a massage therapist. He's now uh, doing a master's in sports therapy. But he's just so passionate, you know. I mean, he's worked with some great companies as well. He's He's been the soft tissue therapist at Nottingham Forest. He's done stuff for England Athletics. Really good guy on the show today let's crack on for the show notes and video content go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast running with jake the podcast well this is a bit different it's a friday afternoon we don't normally record guests on a friday afternoon it's kind of a chill out time end of the week but you know what this is a podcast we love it we're just chilling out it's all good we've got a great guest on the today's episode it's a pleasure to have him on Pleasure to be talking to him on a Friday afternoon. Alex, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you very much, Jake. Thank you for having me. You're looking the part, you're professional. We've got you on Zoom at the moment. I can see you've got the headset on there. I'm really impressed we got you on because it almost never happened, didn't it? Let's be honest. It It almost got so many messages from you, like there was issues and you had to race to your brothers to get a headset. It looks very professional. You look like someone from an IT help desk, but you pull it off very well. My brother is very professional. (laughs) (laughs) It's dedication to be here, Jay. That's all I'm saying. I've been rushing around Nottinghamshire just to make it this afternoon. So I really appreciate <laughs> it. I, I think the best excuse you gave me, because you had to delay it slightly, was the dog broke the internet. I mean, this is just incredible. <laughs> We've never had that one before. I mean, my question, Alex, is how much porn can one dog serve? I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> that is absolutely... <laughs> He's got an appetite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're here now. We're chilling out. I can see you've got a tea on the go. You text me earlier saying, I'm just going to stick a brew on and then I'm good to go. Do you know what? You're making me jealous straight away. Now we're down in Winchester. You're still up in the East Midlands, aren't you? I am indeed, yes. The water's so much better up there, fella. I, I can't drink tea anymore. I'm, I'm on the... Uh, I'm on the Blackcurrant raspberry and echinacea. Yeah. That's what that is. Yeah, I can't. It's the water. It's, it's all It's all hard down here. It's not good. I don't know if Yorkshire tea even makes it that far Ooh. down here, Jake. Not good. Anyway, listen, it's great to chat to you. This is not a show about excuses and about brewing tea. It is about running and training and getting people feeling better. Your weekly dose of running motivation. First of all, Alex, I want to ask you, how's things for you? Because we have met briefly, relatively speaking, which we'll we'll mention in a little while, uh, only the once, but obviously since then, lockdown and the whole world was in disarray. How's things been for you as a a massage therapist and as as a sports therapist as well? Business okay? We spent a brief time together, so just before the world's cogs stopped turning, wasn't it? I think it was a couple of months before. So, last, yeah, last year was a struggle. Um, I think in total, well, my doors were closing fully for uh, five months, I think. Uh, then the, the lockdown we had in November, I was able to work with, with just with certain clients, really, only if they, it was like a um, class is urgent, I guess. And I was a little bit worried, being self-employed, that I might have gone back a couple of years, maybe, in terms of where my business was at. But I think having all the time off to be sending out newsletters and pestering people on the internet and things like that, 
Actually, by the time I came back to being open in April this year, I was really busy. The first few months was just suddenly booked. People are, they're really into their sport, whether it's running or something else. People just, they want to be able to do it, don't they? And if they've got an yeah. issue or they've got a problem or they need a massage or they need some kind of support, that they want to get back on the road again, so to speak, as soon as possible. Do you think that's why people not just stayed with you, but, but business kind of just hit the ground running again from, from when you came back? Yeah, I, th- I think there's probably a whole range of, of reasons. I, I've thought about it quite a lot. A lot of people have got injured doing Joe Wicks. A lot of people have got, <laughs> a lot of people have got injured returning to, say, football training after three months of not doing it and pulling hamstrings left, right and centre. So those things work to my favour. That's it. When people keep injuring themselves, it keeps people like you in business, you know. You've got a job to do, which is hold people together. What do you see the most of, Alex, like, through in your work? Is it is it... Is it runners with issues? Do you look after other people? You know, what which kind of sport is it, and which, which uh, I suppose is a, is the most common in terms of presenting injuries. And 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 I guess what are those injuries, or where are those injuries? Is it hips? Is it knees? Is it ankles, backs? Yeah, um, mixed bag in terms of the people I work with. But I, you'd probably be pushed to find anybody who could say that the most common presenting symptom isn't back pain of some sort. Anywhere between neck and, and hips is probably the most common um, usually in a non-sporting population um, I do a lot of work with, with runners and a lot of work with footballers um, and they all come with their own kind of individual presentations as well I mean the runners I mean you'll know as well as anybody <laughs> what, what injuries runners get it's uh, all kinds of usually overuse type syndrome it's usually ankle, hip or, or uh, knee but yeah generally I think there's such a prevalence of back pain in society it, in general, that's that's kind of number one. Somebody did tell me, actually, a mutual friend of ours who introduced um, me to you, he told me that you took part in the Robin Hood Half Marathon. Yes, I did. When was this? When was this? And how did that go? Two months ago now. I've done it once before, five years ago, 2016, I think it was. One of my friends had uh, been claim- making lots of claims about running, and I wasn't quite sure that he was as fast as he was saying, so I made it... My goal was to go and beat the time he said to see if it was doable. So I did that. I was, by the time I finished my training, I wanted to do sub 130. I came out with 133. And then I haven't ran properly, just a few odd runs here and there for the last five years. But there's always this like scratch that I need to itch of that sub 130. So that was my, my pure plan of doing this this year was, right, I'm going to train really hard. I need to just tick off that sub 130. So I've got a son. He's nearly three so I've just started getting my sleep back this year so I thought this is the year to do it I've got another son due next month so next year's out so it has oh, to be wow. this year <laughs> I got a PB but I, I, my official time was 132.44 so I was beat the last time but I didn't get the the elusive 130 that I was that I was aiming for it's a way it goes isn't it I think we've all got yeah. those uh, those scratches that we want to itch and I, do, I totally get that it's a weird thing isn't it they don't really go away even if sometimes you think oh no it's fine it's okay and then oh, a few months later it could be a year, a year later even longer you think no I just need to have another go at that I'm interested to know what was your game plan so what was your strategy if you had a strategy of course going into Robin Hood this year and what do you think prevented you from breaking 90 minutes in reflection because there's a, I mean it's only a couple of months ago but it's that's quite a nice time isn't it because it's not knee jerk now we can, we can you can reflect logically and go well, actually I think this or this so yeah tell me about your strategy and tell me what prevented you from breaking 90 minutes I've thought about this so there's a few things I think training wise I can never get myself out to train as frequently as so I enjoy running but I don't love running if that makes sense I can't go four times a week 
five times a week because I, I enjoyed doing weight training I enjoyed doing other sport and things like that and it, that was one barrier and another thing was I had a really bad cold <laughs> it's a bad excuse isn't it a really bad cold it put me out of sports action for a while and then off the back of my cold I got I lifted some slabs in my garden and hurt my back so I had about five weeks off when it comes to the actual race day I did have a strategy it wasn't in a complex one it was find the 130 pacer and stay close to it <laughs> Have you done, I don't know if you, have you done the Robin Hood? I've never done Robin Hood. I mean, as you know, I think, you know, I'm from the East Midlands, from Derbyshire yeah. originally. So, you know, so, neighbours to, to Nottingham. I've, I've never done it. I mean, I, I understand it's um, it's not the flattest course no, in the world yeah. if the course still remains the same. And when they, are they still doing the marathon or did they stop that? They, they did stop that, it, didn't they? The half, okay. Yeah. So I remember when they were doing the marathon and the half marathon on the same day, effectively you ran the part of the marathon as mm. the half marathon for the half marathon. Then all those people that are doing the full, that watch all these half marathoners peel off and they'd yeah. have to carry on. It's like, oh my God, yeah. this is a well, nightmare. The biggest hills are maybe like two miles in at the, around the castle and up through there. So I had my game plan, which was I wasn't going to stay with the pace, but I'll slowly make my way back to him over the race. So I ran up these really steep hills, probably a bit too fast. And then you come, you freewheel down a down Derby Road, big steep road. And at this point, I could see the pace right at the end, and I was slowly catching him. I was looking at my Garmin. I was running about six minute thirty miles. And I thought oh, I feel really good, and I was going down quite a steep hill, so that's okay. The hill kind of levels out, and you're running on flat. And I keep checking my Garmin, and I'm still running at six thirty. I'm thinking oh, I feel good here. Bear in mind, I've never ran six thirty in training ever. <laughs> but I thought no, I'm, I'm keeping up with these guys. They look good. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm, I think we stick with this for a bit, and then. Two miles later, about five miles in at Wollaton Hall, and I run up a little hill, and suddenly my legs just felt like jelly. And I just thought, oh, I'm not, even, I'm, not, I'm not even halfway through here. And then instantly I thought, I've made a mistake. <laughs> Discipline just left me, and I made a mistake. So last half of the race was was a real slug. Coming out of Wollaton Hall, there's a bit where the track doubled back on itself. And I came out then, I was really pushing hard, trying to keep this kind of about 6.45. As it doubles back, I see this... This guy, you'll, you'll be familiar with this mythical beast with big fuzzy hair flopping all over the place and a red and white vest on. I think and I know who you mean. <laughs> yeah. So I called out to, to Mr Hunter and I thought, I'm doing really well here because he's a good runner. And then as soon as I turned to double back, it's like my body just didn't want to go anymore. And then, do you know what I mean? I, 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 to, the, to say I was in, not even touching distance, but I, sight distance of, of him meant I was running too fast, far too fast. And then I paid for it for the last uh, the last half, basically. Funny, isn't it, how you pick those different markers to kind of give you an idea of where yeah. you are? And Mr. <laughs> yeah. Hunter, as you refer to, yeah, he's a, he's a friend of mine, Ian, and he's a client of yours. He's a, he's also an avid listener of the podcast. We should say hello to him. Say hello to Ian. He's yeah. probably listening yeah, now <laughs> on his Watt bike. If you are listening to this, Ian, come on, man. Get focused. Get on it. Training Smash like it. a pro, yeah. Training like a professional. What I find really interesting there, you mentioned about the hills and maybe pushing it a bit too much up the hills. It's easy, isn't it, to take too much out of the body and give too much effort on the hills. People tend to attack hills. And I always say, I just think that's a, a bad thing, a bad place to be, especially if it's, you know, if the hills are quite quite early on in a race you know you're talking a couple of miles into a half marathon I mean you've got another 11 miles to go or so you know you you kind of need to be running with a bit of um, I suppose a bit of patience in some respects but I really like what you said about um, what did you say freewheel take Free, take, take the brakes off and yeah freewheeling run like a kid because yeah. that is so beneficial it takes skill but when you're at the top of a hill and it doesn't need to be a mountain either but when you've got a descent you know what goes up must come down 
I think just allowing yourself to kind of run tall, lean forward and let, let yourself freewheel. It takes a bit of confidence, a bit of practice in training. If you listen to this and you're not the best at running downhill, definitely practice it because you can actually gain quite a lot of time downhill or you can certainly lose a lot of time by pushing too much on the uphill. And then when you get to the top, you're scared to let yourself go downhill. So you, you're leaning back. As you know, as a, as a sports therapist, you're just hammering your quadriceps, your thigh muscles. Sounds like an amazing memory that you created though. And, and five weeks out, I mean, come on, what... That's a lot of training you missed to put in I know, that yeah, this, Really? It was, it was a bit frustrating, but there's a few weeks when I was perfectly fit, but I still didn't manage to get out more than twice a week or you don't even, or even get on the bike. For me, it's, when I train for, to, for an event, I do them infrequently, but when I do, I start off, I plan it all out, I do really well, but it seems like when I get to within like two months of it, I start getting bored. <laughs> I think that's what it is, because I'm not a, a diehard runner. And I think, oh, I'll just, I'll go out tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes, oh, I'll go out the next day. And I'll, well, I'll scratch this next week's a new week. <laughs> that's that's my issue, discipline. I, I think, to be honest, the five weeks out is a good enough excuse. It's certainly better than your dog breaking the internet by watching too much <laughs> porn. But I, I, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because I do think, you know, Alex, I mean, obviously I speak to a lot of runners all the time. I'm a runner. If I wasn't a running coach, I'd be a runner anyway. I was a runner before. It's what led me into this whole thing. But yeah. I think even if you're really into it, like I'd say I'm really into it, but I'm not motivated like all the time I don't love every single run that I do you know I often say to people I think overall have a good relationship with your running and I guess this extends to training in general like you're into different bits of Bob's strength training I want to ask you about in a minute but if, if you've generally got a good relationship with it and you get a lot out of it even if you don't enjoy every moment then that's a, a positive place to be I mean I think it's classic as well you know the and I see this a lot as a coach but the, the closest people get to a race and like that tapering phase, you know, when you start to bring down your training and re- recover ready for the race day, it's almost like, oh, am I still training for this? It just seems like such a long journey. <laughs> yeah, it it's, it's hard. It's hard it to actually, keep your motivation. Yeah, when you start tapering, you're fitting in these smaller runs and then you're thinking, oh, I could really do without doing this slow five months. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of those. I don't know if you, if you can relate to this, Alex, but I can definitely relate to this. Sometimes the easier kind of, especially in that tapering phase, the easier shorter runs are almost harder to do than the more, I suppose, specific bigger runs, more, as we would view them in our mind, perhaps more purposeful. You know, it's almost easier to get out there and do a 10 mile long run at the weekend because you can really understand the benefit of how that's going to help you in a half marathon or a marathon or whatever. But then when you're tapering, it's like, just go and do 45 minutes easy run on a Wednesday. You're like... Phew. Not really asked. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, really I, difficult. I get that totally. Because for me, if I do a long run, it's almost like you get in a different headspace beforehand because you're actually thinking about preparing. So if, we, if I'm doing a long run on the weekend, I'll, I'll be think, like thinking about it the night before, I'm thinking, right, what time do I need my breakfast? And, and you know it's going to be tough, so you get kind of psyched for it. Or if it's more of a speed run, I like to make sure my body's feeling kind of good and ready for it. But if it's just like a little tick over... It's just trying to get myself out the door to go through the motions kind of thing. I think there's loads of people nodding their head as they're perhaps running along listening to this, Alex. And you're dead right, that headspace thing. It, it is, because I'm nodding as I'm listening to you now. Like on a Friday night, if I'm running on long on a Saturday, you know, you're thinking about it, the route and breakfast and all the stuff that you, all the things that you've mentioned there. It, you're giving it a bit of purpose because you know it matters. And it's classic. A lot of my runners, they'll do really good like long runs for example they'll go really well and all that sort of stuff the prep's good but then it is easy for those kind of incidental I'm putting in quotes there those in inverted commas the, the, the incidental midweek runs where the preps didn't go so well because they were just a bit rushed and it's just almost a bit of complacency kicks in because oh it's just four or five miles or whatever you know and rushing out the door you don't give it perhaps the space and preparation that they deserve in many respects strength training 
you like a bit of strength training, do you? Is that, is that something you do, you... do you do it because you know it's good for you or do you enjoy strength training? Both. Yeah, both. Definitely both. Cool. Um, you wouldn't have thought it from my slight 70 kilo frame but when I was at school I thought I was going to be the world's strongest man one day <laughs> that was the genuine uh, dream of a 12 year old um, so I've, I've actually always enjoyed strength training of, of different sorts but yeah and then also you mentioned that it's good for you I think it's one of those subjects which over like I don't know the last decade it's getting more more widespread within the general public of just the general benefits of strength training full stop not necessarily running specific but just generally for for a healthy lifestyle well i'm only 36 but even at this point i I always start thinking about kind of as you get older i don't ever want to be less active my strength training isn't like to try and lift really heavy weights and get really big and strong but it's more just to keep supple and healthy and strong through a full range of movement and and all the different movement patterns and that kind of thing full range of movement that's that's really important isn't it and i think there is a big movement talking of movement at the moment and probably has been for quite some years recent years this whole strong not skinny yeah, thing yeah. which you see on instagram you see everywhere and and that doesn't just that's not just you know males young males that are perhaps when i was really into strength training maybe there was i can't back this up with figures but i sensed there was typically more men throwing weights around in the free weights area in the gym than there were females i think that's shifted a bit now i certainly see that from the local gym that i'm a member of here the health club and and, and i think that's a great thing i think there's a flip side i always think there's a you know, positives and negatives to many things in life, Alex. And I think, if, so for people listening to this and we're talking now getting into the benefits of strength training, it's a really good thing for you. If you're listening to this because you really want to run and improve your running and that's your main thing, fine. But there are benefits to spending a bit of time doing strength work. If you've not been doing that and you're sort of beating yourself up thinking, oh, I really should, I should, I should, I should. The positive of that is actually you potentially not gone too far the other way. I'll give you an example. You mentioned age there. I'm 43. Three, I have to think about that. So 44 next year. Like yourself, I'm not the, the biggest guy in the world, um, Alex. And very similar to yourself, when I was young and I got into weights at college, I loved it and I thought I was going to be, you know, the biggest, strongest guy on the planet. You know, that was kind of my, my drive. It was pure aesthetics and strength was my motivation then. But I think I overtrained because more, more is the best way. Let's just keep doing it. You know, if yeah. I can lift for an hour, well, if I can lift for two hours, that's gonna, I'm going to get more benefits, right? We know that's not the case. And I, and I think there are one or two things now that I experience physically that I can't say categorically is down to overtraining when I was younger, but I think that's definitely a factor. So if people listening to this haven't been doing any training and they're thinking about starting it now, whatever age, whether it's 36, 43 or 62, it doesn't make any difference. It's actually less wear and tear you've got on the body. So there's there's no time like the present, right, to get involved. In, that, in actual fact, um, the great thing for strength training, if you're a novice to strength training, is that you get much quicker and bigger benefits when you're a novice and you start strengthening it. So you actually don't need to go, you can go very steady, but you'll see real quick improvements in strength and, and muscle mass as a novice trainer than if you're experienced. You'll also probably not be able to walk for the first <laughs> week after you. Well, I think that's what puts people off. Now, especially, you know, yeah. for running, for example, runners historically, not so much now, it's getting better, have, have thought they don't need strength training because they don't want to get big and strong. And I think sometimes when people do, they might do some deadlifts for the first time and then they, the hamstrings are on fire for the next week and they think, well, how's this going to fit with my running? It just means you've done a bit too much too soon and if you gradually build it up and stick with it, your body adapts and the hamstrings adapts and then you can do these exercises without the, <laughs> the the painful standing up and sitting down that you get for a few days afterwards. 
I remember when I was doing lots of one-to-one personal training sessions, I'd say the same thing to my clients, whether they were runners or not. If they have a long enough break from training, it's like they're new to training from, from, a, from a, a DOMS, a delayed onset and muscle soreness perspective, from a not being able to walk perspective, they need to be careful. And I always used to say to people, look, you want to leave the session feeling like you could have done more, like you haven't really done that much because it's not just the load and stress from the weight that you're lifting. So if you are lifting weights, and of course you can just do stuff at home, which we'll probably talk about, Alex, but if you are in a gym and you're lifting weights and doing squats or deadlifts, as you mentioned, it's not just the stress from the weights you're lifting. It's the fact that your body's not used to that movement pattern. That's where the stress comes from. It's a shock to the system. Your body's going, hang on, what's happening here, mate? You don't normally do this. You do a bit of running. What's going on? Yeah, absolutely, so you, yeah. You've got to really be patient. I say this to my girlfriend, Martina, Alex. She's a swimmer. She's Italian, so she's super driven in that respect. Everything's 100 miles an hour. And, and I say when we train together, we try to quite a bit. We're getting back into the weights and stuff. I really enjoy it like you. But I'm saying, look, we've got to stop now. She's like, well, we're not going to do more. I said, no, 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 no. Because you, you, it will affect your running then. It will affect your running. So, and, it, and, it, and yeah, you say, can stop people doing it. And some, sometimes people wrongly think that you have to have DOMS to have pushed yourself hard enough to get the adaptive change, which is a fallacy. You, you don't have to be feeling sore the next day to have still got the benefits of, uh, of the training so it's uh, yeah it's just keeping it steady and wh- whatever you do is going to be useful you just have to make sure it's progressively increasing so that your body still has to adapt there's a bit of a myth buster for you we like busting myths on the show alex uh, we like I that lo- so i love yeah. that with strength training i'm running, running injuries in general that's my favorite thing is myth busting <laughs> yeah yeah love it we'll have to get you back on the show we'll do, we'll do a whole episode <laughs> myth on buster. myth busting come on come on we'll have to create like a new a new like a uh, little sound um we'll get the voiceover guy to record some like great you know <laughs> Myth busting with Alex. Come on, let's do it. Are you into like your old school weights or you get quite kind of functional is the word people like to throw around these days, isn't it? It's specific to your running and balancing on one leg and lifting weights and stuff, which I, I, you know, I have opinions on and views, but I'm interested to hear your view of kind of the old school weights because I really enjoy that as well. Where do you sit on all that? So running specific or just in general is this? Yeah, I guess in general, really. I mean, it could be cricket-specific, swimming-specific. The point is it's specific to your sport, isn't it, if you're doing something like that? Or or is, is I guess, generic kind of old-school training, you know, using machines in a gym and, and, and even squats to a degree. You know, you, you could argue squats are not... They don't directly replicate, certainly, the sport of running, but are there benefits to that? Where, where do you sit? Yeah, oh. so I think, yeah, this, this there's been so much kind of back and forth and trends and things in that... In, the, in that kind of world and yeah there was definitely the, the huge kind of functional training boom of like maybe 15 years ago it started into where everyone just went functional training and don't do weights machines because they're bad for you because you're, you're not using all your stabilising muscles and this that and the other and um, that was a big thing no I think there's a place for everything I think um, you said there about say the squats not representing a running movement so therefore perhaps it's not functional to running but it depends what your what's your goal from from the strength work are you looking to build strength through your hamstrings, through your glutes? Do squats build strength through the hamstrings and glutes? Yes. So that's going to be beneficial. Then, of course, there's other exercises you can do, maybe like your single leg RDLs or whatever it may be, which is a bit more aligned to your running movement. That's great. You can do both of them. You can fit them all in. I think, as you say there, the old school exercise, so your squats, your deadlifts and lifting heavier weights, yeah, 100% have a place place with running because what I find anyway, you see with, with runners uh, specifically is with strength training is that, the old school thing was that, oh, we don't want to get big and strong, so we don't really, we need to run. If we want to get faster, we need to run more. We don't need weights that will slow us down, we'll be too muscly, etc. Then weight training starts getting a bit more accepted. But the tendency of a lot of people is like body weight stuff. I'll do some split squats or some lunges, body weight and 
do 30 reps or, you know, really high repetition, low weight. People would say it kind of helps build, they're wanting to build their endurance for running. But the reality really is, is that if you're looking to strength train for running, then we need to be training strength. So the endurance side that our muscles get from running, you get from running. You could do 60, 70, 80, 90 split squats in a row, but you're running for a mile. I, I don't know how many times your foot strikes the floor in a mile, but you're putting about six times body weight through your soleus, for example, and, and all of the muscles taking a huge load. There's far more load through running than there is through doing a split squat. But if you're looking to build the strength to handle load, then you want to be getting heavier. And that's where things like deadlifts, whether single or, or just both legs, they all have a place. And really, principles for building strength in running are the same for building strength in anything else. You want to be working in a rep range somewhere between kind of 8 to 12 reps. So you're kind of at that 70-80% kind of level. So you're working close to failure in those things. And that's how you're going to get those adaptive strength changes. Whether you're training for running or anything else, for the pure strength aspect, that's where you want to be. Lifting heavy weights as a runner isn't going to mean you're suddenly going to become quadzilla and be bulky because you're still eating the same amount of calories and so you're not going to suddenly beef up but your tissues are going to get stronger and that, that's what you're looking for. It's, it's kind of that tissue adaptation that, that's needed, if that makes sense. I've gone on a bit of a and that, waffle there. That makes perfect sense. And talking of waffles, you mentioned... Um, <laughs> food. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned food and, and calorie consumption and, and the number of calories you're eating. I know from back when you know, looking to put muscle on. That was my focus. I did want muscle size. I wasn't interested in running. I didn't know anything about running. I had to make sure I was eating to put that muscle on and to, and to get that growth. And as a runner, you're you're predominantly, I guess, eating and fueling to, to support your running and your running goals, not so much focusing on building lean muscle tissue and lots of and getting like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger or whoever it might be. Sometimes if you have that soreness, it can feel like, you know, because you've got that awareness, you're like, oh, I can feel my hamstrings or I can feel my quads or whatever, my my chest muscles. It doesn't mean that you're putting on size just because you can actually feel those muscles. It's, it's just that soreness, you know. Um, I'm sure if you were to jump on the scales, you wouldn't see any change at all. So I think there's some real interesting takeaways from that waffle there, Alex. One of the things that leapt out for me, what you mentioned there, is is the, the purpose of what you're doing, which really you can ask yourself that with any session. Even if it's just a casual, I don't know, 30-minute run with your friend in the week and your goal is to enjoy the session, well, that's your goal. That's the purpose. So having the reason in your mind is helpful. And especially with something that might be the unknown for you or something that's not so comfortable, which is potentially strength training, you know, and I think you mentioned there about the rep range and, and you're not looking to get a cardiovascular benefit is something I just want to put out there. You and I say this to people when they get in. I don't know if you see this with some of your clients, Alex, but when people are quite new to weights runners specifically because they're so driven in their running and they always feel like they've done a run you never come back from a run and feel like you haven't ran do you know what i mean you can't escape running can you you can sit on a bike and not pedal and you're still moving forward if you're going downhill type thing you, you can't escape running and and the the work it takes but then when you shift to strength training you want that high kind of high octane fix for want of a better phrase you want your heart rate sky high you rest time we don't want rest time alex we just want to keep smashing it and just keep going just keep going use the running sessions to boost your cardiovascular system use the strength work to develop strength if yeah. that's what the purpose is there's sometimes a lack of awareness of the best way or the most effective way of strength training to work if you're looking to build strength and like we mentioned those rep ranges there it wants to be the lower rep ranges but also you want to be having longer rest periods so two to three minutes isn't a bad amount of time to be resting between sets because that's how much time it takes the body to recover so you can work to that full full uh, capacity again which is going to help create the best uh, 
adaptations. Um, yeah, and it it doesn't mean just because your breath has re- your breathing rates return to normal after lifting some weights. Say you've done some squats, you're resting, and after 30, 40 seconds, your breathing rates return to normal. So you assume you're ready to go again, like you potentially would be in an interval session with your running. What you're trying to do is recruit as many muscle fibers as possible, right, Alex? So you, you want them to fully recover. So you need to give yourself that extended rest. Like you're saying, two to three minutes in between lifting for maybe eight reps or so is is, is perfectly fine it's acceptable yeah, and you, you know you're getting the benefits it is i think yeah that's a big thing uh, one thing i was just thinking then uh when from when you were speaking before which i think is sometimes quite important because sometimes we can like sit here which i like to do with many people lots of times it's about about strength training to them i think it's quite well known in running now with recreational runners that okay this strength training should be should be done we need to get stronger but then there might still be a void of yeah, okay, we're getting that leg stronger, everything's getting stronger, but why exactly? How's it going to benefit me as such? So, do you know what I mean? In terms of the different ways, other than just being stronger and feeling stronger when you run, which is quite vague. So I think what I, I guess, which is quite good for listeners that may be thinking about strength training, don't know too much about it. A few key points, which is probably quite useful to, to, to mention, is um, the benefits of strength training, full running specifically. There were some good studies by a chap called Richard Blagrove in Loughborough. He, he looked at strength training, its effect on performance. They found that People who did two to three strength training sessions a week for 16 weeks, I can't remember the exact percentage, but it increased their time trial performance, so they ran faster. Uh, it increased their running economy, which meant they were a lot more efficient, technique was better, and therefore they can run faster without using as much energy. Therefore, they, their performance increases again. And they had no effect on uh, body mass, so they didn't put on any weight. So that's the key thing. So like, the, if you do strength training, Effectively, you're going to run faster off the back of that as well. There's a, a big study. Not this wasn't running specific, but just in sports. So it's probably got carryover. But we can't say for sure. But where they looked at strength training and in, in thousands of, of athletes, uh, they looked at injury prevention. Should I say they looked at strength? They looked at stretching. They looked at various things. And this is always, this is an interesting one for runners. This is a now this is a mythbuster. If if ever I dropped a mythbuster, Jake, this is going to people's heads Go are going to explode. <laughs> um, so they found in their study. The only they found the benefits for, for injury reduction in all things tested apart from stretching. Um, so there is no stati- uh, statistical significance in reduction of injury rates through sports by stretching before or after training. The biggest effect was by strength training, which reduced injuries by a third and overuse injuries, which is very common in, in running, by almost 50%. Uh, so that's that's a massive one. Because that was a really big study. Like I said, it wasn't specific just to running it was sports in general but that that's kind of one of those ones where you think oh really <laughs> stretching doesn't help that's another rabbit hole we won't maybe not go into now but uh, there's been quite a few on, on on stretching and 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 injury in fact what even happens when we stretch i think it's a great topic to get into perhaps for for another time because it is a whole other subject isn't it? a whole world when we talk about stretching and it's something i've certainly heard about before alex you know the benefits of stretching and it's not conclusive i think i guess a couple of things and this relates to many things not just stretching but if there's something some form of physical activity or some form of physical therapy or something that there's some suggestion it might help you, but it's not conclusive, right? So like stretching. As long as there's no obvious cost or risk to that thing, so there's no real negative, as long as you're not going overboard with anything, of course, and you genuinely feel better for it, I'm all for it. I think include a bit if you feel better for it. And 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 and. The thing is, it might 
help you. It might reduce the risk of injury, but we can't say for sure, as you're saying here. You know, it's not being proven. But I, I love all that stuff, you know. And I, I think confidence plays a bit of a part as well. I think people feel good. Runners feel good if they feel they're doing things that are helping themselves outside of their running. Because we know that everybody really knows. I think most runners know that they should be doing other stuff outside of their running rather than just focusing on their chosen activity. So if they're doing a bit of foam rolling and a bit of stretching and they're seeing uh, good massage therapists like yourself and they're being looked after, they're doing strength work, I think they feel quite virtuous because, well, actually, I'm, I'm training almost holistically here. I'm ticking lots of boxes, not just running. That f- makes them feel good, right? Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think it all comes down to what they think is happening or what their beliefs are from it. I think, yeah, it's something like stretching, it's quick, it's easy, it's free. So absolutely, if someone feels good doing it and it gives them a bit of confidence, because obviously the psychological factor is massive in, in performance as well. I think the issue is like sometimes, and I see a lot of this, is if people they have recurrent issues and they they think like stretching is the answer so that so for example before I know a few people who before they even go out for a run they feel like they need to spend about 20 minutes 25 minutes just stretching before they can even run because oh, I need I need to be really warmed up and I really get, need to get this loosened off so I'll stretch or I'll, I'll spend 30 minutes on a foam roller and at that point when it's like okay well that's 20-30 minutes which definitely could be better placed elsewhere like you doing a, a little bit of foam roll or a little bit of stretching if it makes you feel good makes you feel ready it's perfect but I think sometimes when people start spending nearly half an hour on these things which possibly isn't going to make any difference to your run I think education then comes into it and I think stretching as well it's one of those things that, yeah there's certain things in life isn't there that are said so much that it just becomes the, that's just a thing and one is you just stretch before you do sport. <laughs> That's just, you, ever since you've been doing PE at school and you're doing your triceps and everything, it's just <laughs> what happens. So I think naturally that's what people do but I had a chap yesterday in clinic who's he plays football but he's been having issues with his calves and uh, they keep going when he's playing football where he's seizing up so he'll tell me his how he, you know, I, I get there half an hour early now I'm, I'm stretching my calves out all this time so I explained to him last time I saw him that you know if that feels okay do it but it's not really going to make much difference because your calves need to increase the capacity to handle your football so you need to build some strength and I gave him this advice I saw him again yesterday and asked him how the way he says he's feeling a bit better he's starting to implement the strength stuff he's like yeah but I still feel a bit for football but you know I'm still stretching and because it's so ingrained in what we, we believe or what we've grown up knowing it's one of those habits that you can't really change very quickly so you can just kind of kind of educate bit by bit I think with, with, with some people and uh, over time I think it'll uh, it'll start to drop by because yeah like you said there's nothing wrong with stretching and particularly if people are starting to get some dynamic movements and things like that you know not just static stretches for, for 20 minutes before going for a run um, because actually if, if depending on what you're doing as well, if you're just holding a, st- a static stretch for ages before doing your sport it's probably more of a negative than a positive because you know you're going to reduce or we know should I say that it reduces a little bit of strength and power through your tissues so if you're wanting to then go and run fast and be explosive you can perhaps you can say you're going to be a touchdown on that kind of stuff so yeah I think it's just doing what feels good but uh, knowing that you know, it's wasting time doing something which may not be doing exactly what you think it is. And research shows us that things change uh, uh, over time, mm. and what we perhaps thought isn't the case anymore. Hence, the whole the busting latest. myths as we, exactly. yeah, as we go as with we the, like way to the do. research directors, yeah, exactly, exactly that. And and I think you know, quite a key takeaway 
um, from this this chat with regards to stretching is if you are going to do stretching, it's ingrained, it's something that you've always done and you really believe in and that's fantastic. Maybe save your static stretches uh, for after your sessions and your runs and your strength work now, but you want to do the dynamic stretches before you're trying to promote some movement and warmth ready for the work that you're about to do. I think that's, I think that's really key. Alex, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you, my friend. I could literally talk to you all day, but we can't, we've got to wrap up. I've just seen your dog come in. It's obviously his turn on the computer again. So we need to wrap up now. <laughs> Alex, if people want to um, reach out to you and if they're in and around the East Midlands area, they want to see you for a bit of sports therapy and maybe a bit of uh, where you're fixing them and helping them, a few myth busters you can throw their way, Absolutely, where can yes. they um, catch up with where you are? How can they get in touch? Clinic-wise, so I operate from a few places. I work in West Bridgeford. Uh, I work in Melton Mowbray in Leicestershire and then also Little Village, which is my home treatment room in, in Loudham in Nottinghamshire. Online in particular, my website, um, it's www.central-therapy.uk um, or quite simply Facebook is Central Therapy, Instagram is Central Therapy. We'll uh, link that in the show notes page, which is runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast if you do want to get in touch with Alex. Alex, before your dog jumps on, I've just got to ask you one final question. Yeah, final question. Go, go for it, Jake, yeah. This, this is your weekly dose of running motivation. What does the word motivation mean to you? What does the word motivation mean to me? I don't know. I think it all comes around goal setting for me, I think. Um, the more that time goes on with myself, the older I get, I've, I realise that goal setting is kind of quite important to me in order to keep my motivation. So whether that's kind of building my private practice and where I want to get to and, and, and stuff with that, with my own training uh, or whether it's strength or anything else. Yeah, for me... Goal setting is important to keep my motivation. I can reflect back, see where I was at the start of the year, see what my kind of motivational goals were. Uh, and I think being able to follow that pathway and, and make sure you're, you're achieving them helps you uh, stand the right path. Alex, I love it. Catch up soon. Yes, speak to you soon. Running with Jake, the podcast. Cool. Right, that's the guest bit done. Well into the show now, into the swing of things. I hope you're settling down. I hope you're enjoying the show. Um, what should we do here then, Pete? What do you want to chat about, mate? What should we, um, you um, know, motivation and stuff, running? Running yeah. and stuff. I, I, I tell you, I could tell my story. No, you can't tell the story. We've said this. You're not doing the story. You're not doing I'd the like story. To tell the, it's not fair, though, because you've done your dirty story, so I why can't I do my dirty story? It's not dirty story. I didn't... It was an accidental thing. I didn't tell the story. I just alluded to the story. It wasn't the full story. You, it was... You pretty much told the whole story, it really, wasn't. about you and your, and your underpants and the the, the, the dad of the girlfriend. Look, you pretty, it was pretty much it. It wasn't the full story. The full story is the fact that he was really bad with technology. He couldn't get the image off his old Nokia. He finally thought he deleted it, but then when he, he put the memory card in his laptop, I popped up. <laughs> <laughs> That's You've pretty told much the whole, the whole story, story now. You've told the whole story That's now, so it's only fair story. I tell. It's fair I tell my story now because you told your story, right? No, it's my show. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my show. We share shows. We're good friends, Pete. We're good friends. Like, oh. We need to stop this now, otherwise we're going to lose listeners. People are like, oh, "What are these two going on about?" We don't even know. To be perfectly honest, but <laughs> to be fair, Alex was all right. But who are these knobs? What's I know. <laughs> In a vain attempt to bring some credibility back to the show, it's time to take another one of your questions. It is indeed hashtag AskJake. Today's question comes from Jess, who's pretty new to running, and she's heard about 
runners being in the zone. She wants to know how she can achieve this magical state. I think that's a great question. Uh, and Jess, to be honest, with you being a new runner, I think it's a little bit harder to get into the zone than it will be when you've got a little bit more experience under your belt. So patience is key here. In the zone can often be referred to as a, as a flow state as well, where kind of everything, time stands still, you're just very much in the moment, you feel comfortable, in control, everything's flowing. I think that comes with fitness as well. That's important to bear that in mind. If you are new, typically when you first start running, everything's a bit of an effort. We hear runners, experienced runners talk about going out for an easy run. And as a new runner, we think, well, how can you do that? Every run is an effort. What is an easy run? But as you build up your ability and your fitness, you will find that it's a lot easier for you to fall naturally into that flow state and get into the zone. You need to be comfortable with the intensity. And that's why I say experience is key here. The other thing is, even when you've built the fitness and experience, I think it's important to set off very slowly. I always say this. I do this myself. If you follow me on Strava and see my running, you'll know that. I also encourage my runners to do this. Start your runs off uber slow, like almost painfully slow, because it gives your body uh, the best chance to warm up slowly. Everything works as it should. Everything's optimised, and I think it is a lot easier to get into the zone as you get further into that run. I hope that helps. Good luck with your running journey. Don't forget to, of course, keep us in the loop as to how it's going. Best of luck to you. If you've got a question, it's hashtag Jake, or you can drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com. That brings us to the end of another episode of Running With Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. And I'm going to leave you on a little tip here. This is for any runner that is listening to the show that's on the injury bench. I hope there's not many of you out there, but I am certainly on the injury bench at the moment. Stay patient. When you do finally get back out there and you're testing if the injury is okay and you're back to good fitness, good health, make sure you don't push too far. I will be attempting my third run. So today is going to be my third run that I've done over the last few days since the injury. And it's literally going to be five minutes of jogging. That's it. Proper jogging, plodding, just testing if everything's okay. I'm going to be mixing that up with a couple of minutes of walking as well. I'm going to repeat that three or four times. If all is okay, then I can move on to the next phase. But it's very important to remember, if we feel okay on one day when we test an injury and we think we're okay, it doesn't mean that we're out of the woods. So stay smart. We want to see you all back running if you are currently on the injury bench with myself. Stay strong, stay smart, and we'll be back. Talking of which, we'll be back next week for more running motivation. Oh, and one more thing. If it was supposed to be easy, then everyone would do it.